My name is Kevin Tony, and this is the Uncommon Sense Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Uncommon Sense. Thank you again for tapping in for another installment, another edition of the show. And uh, today is um, a little bit different. I'm trying to get back on the on the schedule, trying to get back to a weekly, you know, sh- a weekly show for you, and get on a you know a decent you know get into a groove. So here we go. This is a, a different. This is a different sort of topic for me because I've been kind of just you know looking at what's happening in my life, you know what things are interesting to me, uh, what has my attention, you know socially, uh, culturally, you know personally. Just you know what are some of the things that I'm focusing in on right now, and I kind of want to have a transparent moment. Uh, for something that has been on my mind. And when, you know, when COVID hit and the lockdowns were instituted, you know, everybody had to stay home and everything was shut down. The only thing that I took away from the the lockdowns that I'm still holding on to is the fact that, you know, I can work from home now. And one of the things that was taken away from me that kind of changed the dynamic of, you know, how how I was thinking about this particular subject during the pandemic was, you know, when I couldn't go to church anymore. You know, my family and I, we couldn't go to church on Sundays. You know, the state of North Carolina basically shut everybody down, just like, you know, most of the states around the country. Um... And it wasn't until about a year into the pandemic that, you know, my my family and I were in Detroit, we're visiting. Um, I have dual church citizenship, <laughs> and I'll explain what that means. Uh, my uncle passes a church in Detroit that we are honorary members of, and when the pandemic hit and the lockdown started and everybody was, you know, moving to watching church online streaming, you know, Facebook or YouTube or whatever, you know, somebody mentioned to me, they said, man, you know, now you have your choice of, you could go to any church on Sunday morning, like churches that you couldn't go to, you know, in another city or another state, you can go to that church now technically because everybody's watching at home and they were right. And, you know, the church that I was working in locally here, not working in, let me take that back, because I haven't worked in a church in about five years. Uh, yeah, four or five, about five years now. And that's another experience for another podcast that, you know, I intend on sharing at some point. But I am, uh, we we started attending a church here locally that I, I won't say the name of it, but um, it was a mega church. Uh, I think this this church has about 2,500 members for the most part. It's not elevation, I will say that. Um, but we were going to this church, and we liked it. You know, we liked going there. 
We were seriously considering joining. My wife and I had some conversations about it. And um, we wanted to join and kind of throw ourselves into getting involved. And then the pandemic hit. They locked everybody out of church, told everybody to stay home. And so we had been visiting this church for a couple of years. And so when the lockdowns came, I said to my wife, I said, you know what? Everybody's at home. Let's watch, you know, let's watch the River podcast uh, stream, you know, service. And she was like, okay. So we kind of really immersed ourselves into watching and attending home church on Sundays and Wednesday nights for Bible class for my uncle's church in Detroit. It's called The River. And uh, he's been passing that church now for 15 years. It's doing really well, growing. And um, we really kind of got really immersed in everything that was happening. You know, the word is what we want to hear. The atmosphere is what we look for in a in a home church. And so we started kind of, you know, I started sending our offering. We were paying offering to that church, paying tithes to that church, you know, um, and supporting it financially. We started centering our trips home to Detroit around being able to actually be in person for a service as much as we can, you know, because before we used to take our trips to Detroit, you know, we would go for maybe like four or five days at the most. But now that, you know, we could work from home, we started extending those trips to like two weeks so we could, you know, be there for Sunday service, you know, be there for Wednesday night Bible class. And, you know, that really became our church home. You know, our children started developing relationships with other kids in the church. You know, I started getting to know, you know, people in the church. Uh, my mom and dad are members there. You know, my younger sister, she goes there. And we know people there. So we it was easy for us to connect in and feel at home. And I feel now uh, that it's time for us to, you know, find a church locally here in Charlotte. And that is a sore subject for me because in the time that I've lived in Charlotte, we I moved here in 2007. And since then, you know, my church experience has not been that great. Uh, it's been, you know... It just hasn't been great, and it's it takes a lot of time to unpack that uh, again, like, which I intend to do at some point. But we we were we were in Detroit last year for a service uh, that my um, the church was having, and they had a guest speaker that came in on a Sunday morning, and um, this guy's name was Kevin Leal. I had never heard of him. Uh, but he was fan he was amazing i mean like powerful word you know good prophetic ministry the word really went forth it was great it was great teaching and he said something during the the service that you know in regards to the pandemic and the lockdowns that really spoke to me and he said that what what the pandemic has done and what the lockdowns have done is they have erased 
society's neural pathways for so many things. And one of those neural pathways was the pathway for Sunday service, church. And he said that the brain was pretty much conditioned to understand that Monday through Friday, you get up, you go to work, you sit in the office for a few hours, you come home. Sunday, you get up, you go to church, and you come home. It was normal. Well, now that everybody's at home, the you know, the less we did that stuff and the further we got away from that routine, that neural pathway was erased. And so now the neural pathway is structured for being at home uh, and, and, and not, you know, just participating from a distance. And that's pretty much where we are. Uh, you know, our only link to actual live church is when we go home to Detroit to visit. And to be honest, those trips are specifically designed for us to be in church and be in a in a actual service. Now, could we be in service here in Charlotte? Absolutely we could. You know, uh the church that we were attending pre-lockdowns is still operating. They're still going strong. We could, you know, easily go back to that church. But for me and my family, it's it's an interesting dynamic for what we're looking for in a church and what the city of Charlotte has to offer us in terms of what we're looking for. And over the years, we have we have settled with a lot of the churches that we've gone to. You know, we have made concessions. We have come to decisions to figure out what we will and won't, you know, what are deal breakers? You know, what are some things that we're looking for? Uh, I'm very traditional, traditionally progressive, if I can use that as a label. And what I mean by that is, you know, I like old school church. I like the feel of old school church, but I'm progressive in the mind where I think that old school church can be modernized. I think that there can be a marriage between the two, you know, uh, progressive, you know, modern church and, you know, let me not use the word progressive. I'm going to say traditionally modern. And I think that that balance is very hard to create. And I think one of the reasons why we enjoy the river so much is because they have successfully created that dynamic between traditional church and modern church. And I just, you know, there's a lot of frustrations. There's a lot of conversations that happen when it's time for us to look for a home church here in Charlotte. And I'm at a crossroads right now where I'm starting to feel like you know what, we need to physically be in a church on Sunday morning. My children need to, they need to be in that atmosphere. They need to understand what it looks like and what it feels like, not just a couple of times a year when we go to Detroit, but on a more consistent basis, you know, where we're serving in a local church, because I think that is the responsibility of everybody to serve in your local church and be a part of your local church. Uh, And I don't, think that there's anything wrong with supporting churches outside of your community. 
Uh, but that support should just be extended to, yes, it's okay to send money, you know, uh, and, and, and help, you know, the ministry out financially. But I think that it's all right. It's our responsibility to tap into the local church and help it grow and support it. And because of my background, you know, I've, I grew up in church. I was born in church. I've been in church all my life for the most part. I did take a break, you know, for a little while when I was living in Atlanta um, during college. I took, you know, I had some on and off patterns with with the church that were, you know, very hit and miss. And so as, I, I've, as I've gotten older, you know, my commitment to serving the Lord and being in church has, has grown exponentially because of, you know, I understand that there's a call on my life for ministry. There's a call on my life to be a support and be a ministry help uh, to someone. And I've been in a lot of positions where I've been faithful to another man's work. And those situations have not, they've not gone well. Um, I don't have, you know, I don't have any any references that I can draw from where I participated at a church and I left where things were going well. And there's a lot that can be said about that. You know, somebody could easily say, well, if a church you left, you know, if you can say that about every church, maybe the common denominator is you. Well, that's not necessarily so because... Uh, if I unpack what happened and and go down the line of what led to me leaving these churches or disassociating myself from these ministries, you would understand what I mean. And I'm not here to, you know, call out these ministries or, you know, bash anybody. Uh, anybody who knows me, who listens to this podcast, they know the ministries that I've been affiliated with. And this is not a, you know, a session or an episode to bash those ministries or, you know, cause them any undue. Uh, I'm not just I'm not just I'm not going there. I'm just not going to do that. Out of respect to, to those people and to those ministries, some of which are still around. But I have learned a lot. I have learned more what not to do where ministry is concerned I have learned a lot of what should be done, and I understand what church should look and feel like in terms of, you know, something that I, again, something that the traditionally modern aspect of ministry and what church, you know, Sunday service, you know, what it should be like. And there are too many things where there are too many churches that I've been to and visiting where they have some parts of one, you know, uh, of the formula that we're looking for and they don't have others. And, you know, there's there's just a way that I'm looking for a balance to be because I know that it exists. It's it's almost like the way I look at it is, you know, how some some people who are single, you know, they view long term marriages as they don't exist. And, you know, they're few and far between, but they're out there. You know, because that's because they don't get highlighted. It doesn't mean that, you know, it's not possible. It is. It's very possible. And so to find the dynamic of a ministry that I'm looking for, I know that it's it's, it exists here in the city of Charlotte. I just don't know where it is. Um, I'm not interested in being at a mega church. I want to go somewhere 
where the pastor is accessible. I want to be somewhere where, you know, there's nothing, you know, the, the leader is not overbearing. I'm I'm not interested in going to a church where the expectation is for me to be there, you know, six days a week, five days a week, you know, four days a week, whatnot, where, you know, all my time is wrapped up in, you know, just being at church because I grew up in that. You know, I grew up in, in, in a time where if you were in church, your family was a part of a church. You were expected to be there when the doors were open. And a lot of families suffered because of that. You know, a lot of families, you know, didn't have that the unified unity, you know, just like a core unit because their time was divided and split up by the church. And I don't think that God intends for that to be the case where our families are concerned. And so um, we we've been to some ministries and visited some churches where, you know, we thought, you know what, it looks good, but it's just not for us because, you know, I've been in church too long enough, you know, too long. And I pretty much know, I can pretty much tell what's coming or what, what's, what the expectations are, you know, based on a ministry when I go in. And I always walk in with an objective mind, hoping that uh, I can walk away from it where, you know, my wife feels good about it. We think it's a good place for our children, you know, to kind of start to grow and flourish. And it hasn't, it just hasn't happened. Um, we've been in churches, you know, there are just certain things that I'm just like are deal breakers for me that if I come into a church, I'm just not interested in it. I don't, I'm not interested in going into a church where, you know, it's always dark. It's like walking into a movie theater and you got these like concert, you know, colored lights up on the stage and it just looks like a rock concert, you know, smoke and effects and all of that stuff. I don't like that. I don't like doing, you know, where church is concerned, I don't think we should be doing anything in the dark. And so I don't, I really don't like this fad of, you know, where churches just, you know, want to turn off the lights. You know, uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily a fan of, you know, walk in with, you know, bring your coffee in and, you know, men wearing hats and sunglasses and flip-flops and cargo shorts. And, you know, I'm definitely not into pastors who are dressed like they headed to run errands at the bank or to the grocery store up on Sunday morning. I'm just not into that. You know, I, I don't, I want there to be a distinction. I think there should be a distinction between pastoral leadership and the average layperson in the church. I don't appreciate it when, you know, pastors want people to address them on a first name name basis and they put their titles down and say, oh, I'm just, you know, you don't have to call me Pastor so-and-so, just call me James or just call me Mike or I'm just Dave. You know, I'm not into that, you know, because there's a respect that comes with the office of the pastor hyphen teacher. I don't want to be on a familiar level with somebody that's in spiritual leadership over me. And so those are things that are a turnoff. Those are red flags to me. Those are the things that I, I see where, you know, this church might be a little bit more progressive than I'm interested in, you know, where they're, 
you know, they focus on the aesthetics and making people feel at ease so they don't come off as offensive. And they just want people to come in and, and be coddled. And there's really, you know, it becomes more of a, you know, motivational therapy session on a weekly basis as opposed to it being, you know, a culling between the spirit and secular. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't, I, that's a no. Those type of ministries are, are, are a no-go for me. I'm not interested in participating. I'm not interested in, you know, giving my finances, my time, my giftings to those type of ministries because in the end, I don't believe that they are going to be edifying for me or my family. And if you listen to this podcast at any time, you understand that these opinions are my own, um, but they are based on factual evidence that's in front of me. And for me, you know, making distinctions, you know, between what I see, what I've experienced, what I know to be true, and then putting all of those things together to make decisions on what the next move should be on, you know, especially where church is concerned. And I just, I just, I just don't, there are so many things that are popular in church to me that I don't appreciate, you know, I don't appreciate the sexy pastor, you know, this, this guy that gets up and, you know, he's got, you know, the tight shirts on the skinny jeans and he's wearing a, a a tight hoodie and he's got a baseball cap on backwards or, you know, the suit jacket with the hood, you know, on the back of it because he wants to look preppy and trendy and, you know, he wants to come across as equal to young people or being hip. I'm not, I'm not into that. I want, you know, I, I, I find value in walking in and seeing the leader with at least a suit on, you know, you may not wear a tie, but at least wear a suit and tie, you know, or at least wear a suit. Uh, if you want to wear an open collar shirt, that's fine. Um, I just think that there is a look where authority is concerned. Uh, authority comes with an appearance, whether we like it or not. And when I walk into a church and I can't tell who the pastor is and who, you know, uh, Johnny Gogo is sitting on, on the back pew, I, I can't, to me, I'm like, okay, well, who's in charge here? You know, uh, and, and I'll probably get a lot of pushback on this because it's very popular. It's very trendy to go to church now and, you know, wear your sneakers and wear, you know, your, uh, your jeans and your suit jacket. And, and I think that there's a time and place for that. I just think that Sunday morning is for wearing a suit and dressing up. And, you know, these are my personal opinions. And then there are certain things that I can't be moved off of certain positions that I can't be moved off of, especially where my spiritual life, you know, is concerned, where my spiritual life hangs in the balance based on, you know, what, you know, who's, you know, what wells I'm drinking from. That stuff is, is, is taken very seriously by me. And so, uh, it's been very hard. Like I've been on a journey here several times in this city where, you know, my wife and I were looking for a new church home. And it's, I'm going to tell y'all, it sucks in Charlotte. It's terrible. It's not fun looking for a church home in this city when you're not willing to settle for just what's popular or what's trendy or 
the church that everybody is going to, you know, the, the popular church, the trendy church. I went through all of that in, you know, living in Atlanta. And anybody that lives in Atlanta who listens to this podcast, uh, please send me a message, DM me, inbox me, and tell me if I'm lying. But there is a, there at least there was, when I was living in Atlanta, there was a somewhat of this under underlying unspoken competition of whose church could you name drop that you could say you were a member of. And I felt like all of these pastors were competing with each other for to be, you know, the, the number one, the go-to church destination in the city of Atlanta, who's got the most popular ministry. And God is not pleased by any of that. You know, any, any, any spiritually mature person is, should be turned off by that, you know, this competitive spirit, you know, between ministries and it's popular. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it may not be that way because I, it's been several years since I've lived in Atlanta. Maybe it's calmed down since then. I don't think that it has. Um, I could even, you know, make, make the assumption that it may have gotten worse since then um, with the celebrity preacher in in that city and you know these preachers that want to be popular and want to be you know seen and on the level of you know regular celebrities i think that there's a problem there and i heard uh brother kenneth hagan say something that was very uh it, it just it stuck with me for years I didn't know him. He's been, you know, dead for several years. He's been dead and gone for several years, but I listen to his messages still very often. And he said something many, many years ago where he said, no preacher who talks about Jesus, works on the gifts of the Spirit, and talks about the Holy Ghost will ever be accepted by the public, will ever be, you know, seen as popular. And what he was saying is, if you're talking about the the real things of God, the you know what the work that Jesus actually did, you know, new creation realities, who we are in Christ now, you're not going to be popular because there's a sacrifice that comes with the decision to live that lifestyle, live the live righteously, you know, for 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 uh from that perspective. And so having said that, these pastors, these celebrity pastors and celebrity preachers who are basically dying to be adored on social media, they want follows, they want likes, they want, you know, interactions. These are, you know, basically quote unquote content creators for social media. They want to be popular. They want hundreds of thousands of followers on social media. These people that can, you know, pat them on the back, appreciate them, uh, and and kind of continue to fuel their egos to want to be accepted. These are the people that get propped up. Meanwhile, the pastors and preachers who are doing the work of really reaching people, they're teaching people uh, what Jesus did, what Jesus is doing, what Jesus is going to do. They're talking to people about who they are in Christ. It's not a motivational therapy session uh, week in and week out where you get a bunch of cute sayings and chicken soup for the soul type messages. That's not what happening. But those are the pastors that you see them on social media and nobody wants to, 
you know, they don't have that many followers. Their churches are not, you know, mega churches, not booming, you know, churches. Because they're telling the truth and they're calling for accountability for the life of the believer. And I could make the argument that these celebrity preachers are not calling for that. It's a bunch of motivational you, you, I, I, me, me, you're this, people are against you, you're going to get this, God is going to give you this, and they hate it on you, and so on and so on. That's a bunch of mess that is not really helping anybody. It's glorified Tony Robbins, Les Brown motivational speaking. You know, just with a, they might throw like a scripture on the front side of it. And I'm not interested in being a part of a ministry that operates that way. And as time goes on, those churches pop up more and more. And the churches that are really doing the Lord's work and genuinely doing uh, what we're called to do, teaching the Bible, talking about Jesus, we're not seeker friendly. They're not, you know, um, trying to be seeker sensitive and make people feel welcome, you know, not calling for anybody to change who they are, which is what Jesus called us to do is to put down who we are, to pick up who he's called us to be in him. They're not interested in that. And so those are the churches that flourish and thrive because they just want to give, you know, people good feelings about who they are, but they really don't have, you know, any tools to help fight off, you know, the 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 wiles of the enemy, you know, Monday through Saturday. So they got to show up, make sure they show up on Sunday to get their motivational therapy shot and and continue on. You know, they don't have any biblical reference to draw on. You know, they don't know any worship songs to, you know, kind of sing themselves. You know how David used to say he would worship and sing through the night. They have nothing. They don't have a song at midnight like Paul and Silas did. There's no worship there because there's nothing to draw from because they've just been motivated. You know, they go to church and they hear these rock songs. They take these popular pop culture songs and turn them into worship songs that, you know, it's not so bad. And, you know, I won't even get started about gospel and Christian music. That's a podcast for another day, but all of it is just really just glossed over and uh, there's no depth anymore. And I, I blame the advent of social media for a lot of it, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're seeing. And so it's hard for me when it's time to start looking for a church home and you look at, you know, how many new churches popped up during the lockdowns and all of these, just about all of these churches that I've run across that are new in the city of Charlotte, they're all, they all come from the same factory. Lights turned down low, you know, uh, concert lights up on the stage, stage lights, smoke, you know, bring your coffee in. We're going to have a couple of scriptures. I'll give a good Joel Osteen type word or a, God forbid, a Jamal Bryant type of motivational word. And then we'll go home. We'll send your kids out to children's church where they can, you know, play with Nerf guns and video games and, you know, do social media uh, memes and TikTok videos and while they're in, you know, children's church. And then we go home and... I'm not interested in that. And the problem with that is that, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, you have the churches that are just really holding on staunchly to tradition. 
and they're not interested in modernizing in any way, shape, or form. And so what you have is this in this this in between vacuum of emptiness where there's just this void where there's either one extreme or the other. And I'm just at a point now where I need I need some place that has balance. I, as a musician, as a former worship leader, as somebody who has worked and served in music ministry, one of the first red flags I look for is, how is your music ministry set up? Is the worship going to be edifying for me? This is, you know, these are the things that I look for. You know, I've worked in church. I've set up music ministries. I've built music ministries from the ground up. And so I understand what it takes for music ministry to be successful on a spiritual level first, but uh, where excellence in the house of the Lord is concerned as well. You know, the musicians, are they on point? The singers, are they together? Is there organization? Are we able to tap into the spirit of the, the, the church? Do we have the pastor's vision to carry out what he wants for the ministry? You know, are we able to uh, create an atmosphere on Sunday morning service that makes preaching easy for the pastor? Those are the things that I look for when it comes to music ministry. You know, not just a couple of, you know, uh, popular tunes, you know, where there is just like, oh, you know, this this bosom worship that, you know, we hear. uh, I just there's there's so many things that I could just run down a list of things that I look at where ministry is concerned and church is concerned. And, you know, a lot is lacking is what I'll say in this, in this modern church and the failures of the modern church to tap in and reach back to not just the traditional mindset, but just getting back to the word itself, the gospel of Jesus Christ getting back to that as a foundational tool, you know, for us reaching our neighborhoods and impacting the, the, the community around us. It's why America is in the shape that it's in, because as the church goes, so goes America. That's a whole thing right there in itself. So when the church looks a lot like the rest of society around us and there's no distinction, we're failing. We're failing ourselves, we're failing our communities, and we're not making ourselves appealing to unbelievers in any way, shape, or form. And that's why it's extremely, it's been hard for me. Like, I have really avoided the, you know, idea that it's time for us to start looking for a church of our own here in the city. Because I honestly, I'm dreading it. Because I know what's out there. uh, And... I just, you know, am praying for us to find, you know, some type of ministry that where we can really set down roots and be a helper to be help, to be suitable help to a ministry to help it flourish and help it grow. Because that's the job of of every lay person that, that comes into a ministry. Help the church grow by winning souls. And, you know, it's crazy because I think about you know, when you witness to somebody on the street and you get somebody that is, you know, in a place where they're ready to receive God and turn their life over to Christ, you know, the first thing you want to do is tell them like, hey, you know what? The next step now that you're giving your life to Christ is, you know, start serving in a local church. Well, where should I serve? 
You know, I really don't know. I really can't think of a church that I can direct you to where you can get involved. And I don't like being, I don't like, I just don't like feeling like that. You know, so uh, this was a little bit different. And I think the tone of the podcast might be shifting because I'm seeing some things in society where we have to. I mentioned in the last podcast that until America returns back to a biblical worldview, uh, we will get more of the same, more of the issues, more strife, more anger, man. People are just so angry now, man. If you look around and watch the news you look at these videos on social media, man, people are mad and they don't even know why. They don't know how to channel their emotions. They don't know, you know, uh, the void that's missing. They don't realize what it is. And they look at the church as a joke because we're not that much different than they are. There's really no distinction. You know, I could lose listeners off of this podcast, which is perfectly fine if, you know, I, I'm going to continue to say what I'm saying and talk the way that I'm talking. And, you know, the people that are here for it, God bless you. The ones that are not, I hope that you'll stick around because I, 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 whatever I'm saying, I'm saying it in love. I'm saying it because it affects you whether you know it or not. And I'm concerned about your well-being. I'm concerned about you know, the state of this country, the state of this nation, the state of our world, and how the enemy is constantly racking up victories against society, against mankind, and the church is just kind of just sitting back watching it all happen and not really taking up arms and fighting against the enemy as a whole to, you know, kind of save and turn the tide of what's happening. So, I don't know, this is, this is probably going to be something ongoing that you know, I'll be discussing and, and I will probably be um, chronicling our journey to finding a church here in the city uh, because we are going to start. I'm actually headed back up to Detroit in a couple of weeks. We'll be there for an extended period of time that I'm looking forward to. Um, and, you know, as a time of refreshing, uh, I'm looking forward to spending some time with my spiritual father, and, you know, getting some guidance from him on how we should proceed here in the city. But, you know, I just, um, I, I don't, I'm just asking God for direction in this one. And this is a little, you know, differently because, you know, like I said, if you've listened to these podcasts, these episodes in the past, you know, I haven't really gone in this direction, but I am going to start to tap in to this side of, you know, who I am more and more because everybody is so eager and they're excited and they can't wait to tell you who they are as a person and how they, you know, they can't wait to tell you what their truth is. Well, you know what? My truth lies in Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And so this is a large part of who I am, who my family you know, uh, is, and, you know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so, uh, I'm gonna wrap up there. This was a little bit longer than I wanted it to be, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, I'm glad that you listened. If you hung in this far, if you would like to give me a review, send me an email at uncommon sense with KT at gmail.com. If you're listening here in the city of Charlotte, what church are you going to tell me if you, 
you know, if you're listening and you've been in church and you identify with some of the things that I talked about, I want to hear about it. You can send me a DM on Instagram and we can talk about it. You can send me a message on Facebook and we can talk about it. But these are real issues uh, that I know that some people are going to push back on. Some people are going to disagree with. And, uh, you know, that's totally fine. Everybody's entitled to disagree. uh, And I'm open for intellectual discourse on the subject. So in the meantime, God bless you all wherever you are. Thank you for tuning in. Until the next time, remember that common sense is uncommon. Uncommon.